Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Race with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens, and we have quite a bit to cover for you on this week's show. Um, I'll be in here by myself. Uh, Margo's feeling a little under the weather, so she'll uh, hopefully be on the next one. I know I know I'm going to miss her thoughts on some of this stuff because I always enjoy hearing what she has to say about things, but uh, um, I'm going to take us through this one. We'll try to keep it quick here today. There's a lot that went on this weekend, and uh, yes, we actually did end up at a racetrack. We, we kind of said last week we weren't going to, and we found ourselves about 20 minutes away from Citrus, just with the natural flow of the day, so... Uh, we decided to go check out the Superlights, and big thank you to Citrus County and uh, Tony and Austin for uh, helping us out and uh, allowing us to uh, to get in there and enjoy some racing. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Speedway video, our good friend Tom, he was over at the Auburndale Speedway, and he filmed the races, so I was able to watch through those races, and uh, we have a little commentary on what went down at Auburndale, too. Um that's how we're going to start out the show. And then in the middle segment, we'll talk about the NASCAR race at the auto club speedway. I'll give you my thoughts on the, um, what's going to happen with auto club speedways. So we'll talk about all of that. And then at the end of the show, uh, we've got a couple of things to go over. We're going to do a quick around the state. Um, another track was in action this weekend showtime. So we'll see what they had going on over there. We have updated power rankings for Florida state, which we haven't done in a while. So, um, that was, that was tough to do. The NASCAR one was a little easier to do. Things are starting to come into shape a little bit there on the NASCAR side. So we have updated power rankings. Um, there is a Richard Cranium this week. I know, you know, sometimes we don't get to that portion of the show, but there is a, dif- a definite one this week that I have to give out and I hate it, but it's got to happen. Um, and then we have our quick fantasy segment at the end. I'll give you my five drivers. I think you need to have in your fantasy lineup, no matter what format you're playing if you're betting or if you're playing nascar fantasy live and we'll go over the results from our um our podcast league from last week so that is what we have coming up like i said a busy weekend of racing it is that time of year again folks and it feels good um the the regular season at new smyrna is coming right up around the corner march 11th we start over there so just a couple of days away from getting our regular season started up over there going to be a different season going to be a little unique over there um should be should be pretty interesting, I think. So um, with all that said, thank you to all of our listeners. Um, every time, you know, I don't I don't go in and keep an eye on the listens. I don't obsess over it, but obviously I log into our, our host website every week and it shows me the play count. And, you know, there's sometimes I just, I turn it on and I'm like, you know, probably didn't get a lot of hits this week. And um, the midweek World Series show, even though I feel like it's one of my best shows because I get all the interviews and it's like, it's different, it's like on location. That one always struggles because everybody's so busy working speed weeks or attending speed weeks that uh, that one doesn't do so well. But then I log in like a week later and the numbers go up. And then the recap we did last week was awesome. So you guys continue to support this thing and I cannot thank you guys enough. Um, that's what really drives me to do this every week. And, uh, I can't, I cannot thank our sponsors enough either. Um, you, you guys are, are amazing, you know, just chipping in to support the show. So thank you to everybody that does sponsor the show. Um, I think we got a couple of new ones that are going to be coming up here pretty soon. So again, thank you to everybody that listens to this. Um, whether you listen to the whole show or just some of it, or, you know, you listen for a little bit and you get sick of us or we piss you off or whatever. It's going to happen, guys. Um, 
but no, again, uh, just uh, thank you guys so much for listening and supporting the show. Um, before we get into Citrus and Auburndale to start the podcast here, I've got to address a couple of things. Um, you may have seen a Facebook post that I posted late last week, and there's a situation that came up that really, really ticked me off last week, and I and I just want to share it. I've decided not to call this person out because I don't feel that this person needs to be called out, but the situation needs to be called out because th- this is the kind of thing that really, really grinds my gears. So um, got a message from somebody um, who, to put into context, messages in a group text me and Rusty a lot. And I appreciate this because they're looking for information and, you know, we are able to be helpful and provide the information to this gentleman. And I've never once been bothered by helping him out because, you know, sometimes the website on your phone, um, it can be a little tricky to navigate. I've, I've talked about it before. I'd love to get just the regular what you see on the desktop to show on your phone without having to jump through hoops because it's so much better. Our website is great, but the mobile version is bare bones. So it's it's what you see on on your phone is different than what's on the the website, and it's kind of different on what I work on in the back end too. So um, if you've ever not been able to find something on the website, I completely understand. So I really don't mind helping people out when they can't find something because I know the struggles and and I know the website well because I work on it, uh, not solely, but I work on certain aspects of it. Um, and it looks different on the computer than it does on your phone unless you click, like if you go into news and scroll to the bottom and click go to full site, then you'll see what it looks like on the desktop and it's a hundred times better. So I can understand this, but this gentleman, and this was Thursday morning, okay? And I'm not going to read everything verbatim, but um, this gentleman messaged Rusty and I and asked, good morning, uh, will the full sportsman schedule be posted soon? And could you confirm the first race is March 18th? We saw it and then it went away which I'm not sure what that meant, but um, I immediately posted a link to the website and this was in a text message. So I know this person then clicked on the link from their phone and it went to the website on their phone. And, uh, you know, they say, thank you. I appreciate the effort. Um, Are they all 25 laps? There's no detail. And the NSS site has nothing, which I know is not true because I put all the information up there. Um, I sent him a different link that takes him to the full site and not just the bare bones um, mobile version. And I said, this shows a little more detail. The mobile site uh, gives pretty much just the basics and added, unless otherwise stated, the races are 25 laps for the sportsman. There's a 50 lapper in there somewhere. Uh, Let me go look for it. Because again, this is in the morning. I'm I'm at work. Um, All I need to do is a quick scroll through. I just needed a minute to go find it. And this person responds back. Thank you. With over 50 years of practice, you would think posting an accurate and timely schedule would not be this difficult. Um, and then they go into some, some personal stuff about their race car, which I just, you know, whatever. Um, yes, our schedule did come out a little bit later, about a month later than normal. We tried to wait, uh, for a change and put our schedule out later. Um, to avoid scheduling on top of other tracks as much as possible. Now, there are things that are going to come up throughout the year. Races are going to get switched around. It's inevitable that a division is going to land on another track's night that has the same division. It is inevitable. But we did try to do a few things to avoid it as much as possible. 
But the schedule, the, the night it came out, and I'm in the thick of speed weeks. I'm in the thick of one of my busiest times at work. And I work my ass off before speed weeks for my normal job so that I can leave for 10 days and be in a good spot, right? So I got the schedule and I spent a day managing my job, getting World Series posts up and building out the schedule, which I had to do day by day. And I basically would do a month, do some work, do a World Series post on the New Smyrna Social. Um, but the information went up and it was accurate now. It doesn't have the nightly detailed schedules on there yet because they're not written. We write those the week of. We, we look at what's coming up, what's been doing well, and we come up with a schedule. That's just how it works. And this is the same way our schedule has gone up since we went to my race pass, God, three, four, five years ago, whatever it was at this point. Um, so I respond back with, the schedule's been up since January 26th. That's when it went up. That is a little bit later than normal, yes. Um, when it was finalized after we tried not to plan big races on top of other tracks, like I just said, all the information is listed on there accurately, and it has been since, uh, and this is where it's gone since we went to my race pass. The Sportsman 50 is on 923. I put the schedule up myself with all the information that was made available to me. A quick scan through the schedule, and I was able to locate everything you inquired about, so I'm not sure where this hostility is coming from, but your feedback is appreciated. Then he says, go to the New Smyrna website and click on the schedule. There's nothing, which I know is not true because I sent him two different links to the schedule. Um, and then, you know, he went on about track communicating via Facebook. I mean, that is our primary role of communication because it's easy to hop on Facebook and post things immediately. Um, and, you know, if if you don't like that, I don't know, you know, what would you do? Wait for the newspaper publication to come out days and days later and People are just used to knowing to find things in the newspaper back in the day. You call the track. I mean, it's not that much different. Facebook is like an instant newspaper. And uh, yeah, that's our primary form of immediate communication. Our website, we put up the schedule. We do some basic things. But Facebook, Twitter, whatever, that's most tracks. Basic line of communication anymore. That's just the way it is. That's the times. And then he asks... Uh, Please tell me when you notified everyone that the schedule is up on my race pass because when I spoke to Rusty about the schedule during speed weeks, he said um, that, that it would be uh, finalized afterwards. And he says, you know, making you aware of problems that are are uh, that you're facing does does not ring as hostility to me. So, I, again, I'm not sure. Again, I, I just don't know where this is coming from. Um, so I went through, I took time out of my day again to go and find the original Facebook post on January 26th, our full 2023 weekly racing schedule is now available. Please note this is subject to change because things are going to happen and races are going to get moved. We live in Florida. Um, and that was the post. And then here, and then I posted a link to the website where I made a news article highlighting the six-pack series races because that's a new big deal this year. And then it has a link to the full schedule. That was our schedule announcement. Was it grandiose? Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you're looking for, I guess. But um, it got put out there. I can tell you that right in the middle of World Series stuff. So maybe it got buried, but damn, I mean, we did it. Uh, as, just as soon as it was finalized, it's up there. And then the person res responds, those look like Facebook posts. And so I respond back with uh, re replying to the other thing. I cannot speak on what Rusty said. But he was at the meeting where I was given the schedule and worked throughout the next day to get in the line. I'm, I'm being defensive about this because I did the work and put the information out there. So I, I feel like, you know, this person is just, I, I, I don't appreciate the, um, the hostility after 
we've done nothing but help this person out for the last few years. Um, there's a Facebook post, a link to the website, article, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then it took him a while, and then he went on this long tirade, um, which I didn't read because at that point I didn't care because I knew that uh, everything was done. It was that Everything that was given to me was done, and I did my job. If you don't know how to navigate a website or um, look for something, you know, everything this person asked for, I was quickly able to do on my phone and find. And yes, it's a little bit easier for me because I put it in there so I know about where things are and I save a lot of the things that I do on my work computer so that I can access it. Um, but what I did, the reason I want to share this is I've had so much respect for this person and then we get that for no reason, out of the blue, about something that was done, posted, and has been out for over a month now. So, like, I, I get it. Race teams like to prepare. And the more time you have to prepare, the better. But if you missed something, if you don't know where to look, then I'm sorry, but that is on you. There's only so much hand-holding we can do. Um, and this goes to what I have to talk about next. We can't cater to each and every individual at that racetrack, meaning the employees, the fans, the racers. There are going to be situations that go against you or you think is stupid or you don't agree with, but what makes one person happy pisses three people off. What makes three people happy pisses one person off. There's a balance, man. Like, if everybody was happy, everybody would race and then there'd be no fans, there'd be no employees, right? Do you, do you catch my drift? Just, I, I'm... I'm not even mad about this. I'm just disappointed because like, you know, if they were just like, oh, wow, you know, I missed that because there was so much going on for World Series, that I could understand. But to tell me it's incomplete, that we don't know what we're doing, um, that there's no schedule available, it's just asinine. So I had to share that. Um, that just kind of, that really ticked me off. Um, I, I, it's, it's like this person thought that we were like purposely withholding information I mean, yeah, when you look at the schedule, if you got to go through and find your division, um, the easiest way to do that is control F and type in your division and hit enter and it'll pop down to the next time that division is listed on the webpage. And it it's literally simple stuff, man. Like I am no computer genius. I can tell you that just like I talked about last week with the PA system, I am no uh, mechanical wizard and technology and I are not good friends, but damn, I know how to look for something. It just take take a few minutes, take a deep breath, take a look. If you can't find it, if you politely ask, I'm likely going to be able to help you out. But if you want to be hostile about it, forget it. I'm done. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cater to people that constantly whine and complain, or decide that just one day they're gonna flip a switch and be the next person that wants to get on my ass about something. And I'm not gonna put up with it. And I'm not gonna cater to you. And I I, I can't cater to everybody. Um, I will help you until you decide that, you know, that's, it's not worth it. So when you decide to get stupid, that's where I draw the line. And this leads me into my next point. Um, yeah, we posted a post about, uh, sponsoring the choose zone this year. Um, after the controversy at speed weeks, a few people got nabbed and got pissed off about it. Um, Jason Vale was the first one to to get caught running it over twice, um, asked by race control multiple times uh, not to hit it and hit it again and was sent to the back. Um, they tried to be lenient the first couple of times and then 
they said, all right, guys, listen, uh, we know this is new, but next time by, if you hit it, you're going to the back. Clear as day. Um, Jason Vell hit it, went to the back, and was penalized, and then he decided not to stick around and race the next race, which is fine. That's fine. You know, he had a call go against him, doesn't like the rule. That's fine. Um, so we kind of, we, we kind of played off that and, uh, we put out a post, you know, oh, Vail Services wasn't interested in sponsoring the Choose Zone. Laugh at it or don't. It's fine. It's, it's, you know, Jason Vail says our rule is a joke. Well, our post was a joke. It's just sometimes you got to let, make, you know, laugh at a situation and just move on, right? That was the whole idea. Um, nothing derogatory towards Jason Vail. And this is not a personal matter. None of this is personal. I, at least, unless he wants to make it, that's on him. Um, I'm just talking about a situation that happened on a racetrack, uh, which is what I do on this show. Um, so yeah, we put that post out and it worked exactly as I wanted it to, because we have more inquiries about sponsoring the damn choose zone than probably any sponsor opportunity that we've ever had come through that damn Facebook page. Okay. Um, yeah, some people are going to look at it and be like, oh my God, I can't believe they were that edgy about it. Or, you know, then some people thought we were picking on a sponsor that was leaving. They were never a sponsor. We really gave them free publicity. Um, and, and I even put a disclaimer after the fact, like, Hey, you know, this is nothing derogatory towards bail services. I would highly recommend them. Um, cause listen, if you can afford a race car, you do good work. And I'm just going to put that out there. So let that be said. And going forward, think about it however you want. If you thought it was not very classy, well, you know, there's a lot of things that the racers say about us that aren't very classy either. And, um, that's the thing, man, the the racers, I love you guys, but you know, if you think that you can post whatever you want about the racetrack or about another racer or a certain situation and get no pushback, that's, it's a two-way street. Facebook is a public two-way situation. So, and I've set myself up to get pushed back as well on certain things, a la Bobby Blake a few weeks ago. It happens. If you open yourself up to it, you're likely going to get pushback. So uh, the night that Vale got penalized, he went on there saying what a joke it was, blah, blah, blah. We can't see it. That was the big thing. We can't see it. We can't see it. So I immediately turn around and show the folks at CRA. We're in a Randale. Um, I show the folks at CRA and they're like, oh, okay. We, you know, we, we can see it great up here, but different perspective. Um, we'll note that and we'll make any appropriate changes. And then um, the gentleman who was sitting directly behind me said, hey, you know, we're in a rain delay. If he would like to talk, um, we will gladly talk with him and explain why we did what we had to do. And I was trying to be cordial and help Jason. Like, hey, you know, if if you'd like an actual explanation of what went down tonight, um, name redacted from... CRA will gladly speak with you. And Jason Vale's response was uh, very snarky along the lines of, well, you talk to him. And at that moment, I was like, okay, this is going to go nowhere, so I'm not going to waste my time on it anymore. I try to be nice, try to be cordial, try to help out, try to say, hey, we've passed your feedback along because this is a new rule. It's going to evolve, and there's going to be feedback about it. So I was passing along, trying to help out and say, hey, if you want to talk to the officials and get an actual explanation about what happened, they're willing to talk to you. And now it's, oh, no one talked to me. Well, you didn't make an attempt, Jason. Um, and, and every racer knows that to, 
to talk about anything that went down during race day, you come after the races, you find the officials, and you speak with them. That's how it works. And, you know, people want to say, oh, well, Ryan hasn't been around as long as we have. Well, I've been around long enough to know that that's what you do. So there's that. The thing that really kind of was kind of childish about this whole situation today, Jason got on my post, which is fine. I, again, set myself up for um, him to come out and put in his story, but he admitted that his radio did not work and he did not have a receiver to monitor race control. Um, I guess his spotter did. So if your radio goes out, that's on you. If you don't have a way to monitor race control, that's on you. If you run over the choose box, whether you can see it or not, you're still driving that damn race car. Um, at, at you know some point, you should figure out, well, the choose box is just past the start-finish line. I should probably make my decision around the start-finish line and give myself plenty of room. And then, you know, if you got to switch, because, again, it happens really quick, you take a risk. It's Racing is a risk, man. You go down into turn one, you hope the tire is going to hold there. You hope somebody's not going to hit you from behind. You hope somebody's not going to dump a bunch of oil in front of you. It's a risk. Everything we do in racing is a risk. You know, it's just, it's not, everything that happens is not a, oh, they're picking on me. Oh, they, you know, when, when you admit that your stuff didn't work, your equipment, not the track's equipment, um, the, the track didn't move the cone, so the chew, the cone, it's not a fucking cone, the chew zone, they didn't move the chew zone down into the, your line of, of driving. Um, so when you admit that stuff, and then you want to say what a joke it is and how bad the track is, then I, shame on the track for calling the rule like they're supposed to and having to make a call. I mean, come on, man. That's just, I don't know, man. There's some people you just, they want an explanation. You give it to them. It's not what they want to hear. And then they just won't, like literally all day, it was just back, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, because if you admit that you're wrong, and then want to keep going about it, and then and then to get personal, start putting middle middle finger emojis like a, a, a middle schooler. I mean that that shows your maturity level. Um, but again, it goes back to we can't cater to everybody. Calls are going to be made against people. People are going to get DQ'd in tech. People are going to get pissed off. Somebody's going to hit the race car on the track. Somebody's going to piss somebody off. So you can either take to Facebook and go to the masses and talk about how shitty everything is, or you can be like Jack Hall and handle a really crappy situation in a good way. It's all about, you know, Jason Bell wanted to talk about attitude. Well, when when you hold up the show because you're not listening to race control because your equipment doesn't work and you get black flagged and you start, you know, starting with the official trying to get an explanation and then the official says, you've been black flagged. You go to the back or park it and you want to complain about their attitude because your stuff isn't working. I'm sorry, man. Like that's, <laughs> again, we can't, how's that our fault? It's a new rule. Yes, you agreed to the rules by participating in the race. Nobody brought it up uh, that they couldn't see it well enough in the driver's meeting from what I understand. So, um, I, crappy situation. I hate seeing something like that go down, but, I mean, that's how it went down. And then to spend all day on Facebook going back and forth after someone tries to give you an explanation and try to paint me in a bad light because I'm telling you exactly what happened from CRA because you didn't stick around to talk to them. You left. And now you're getting the explanation. And this was not, some of the stuff was, you know, in, in my opinion, if your radio doesn't work and you can't monitor race control as the rules say, and again, that's what the rule is. It's about monitoring race control. It's not, uh, radios are not mandatory for sportsmen, but monitoring race control is. So you've admitted several times that it's your fault. 
So don't paint me in a bad light because I'm telling you why the call happened. CRA was in charge. Here's what went down. Here's how it went down. Here's what, you know, here's where it falls. Some of the responsibility here, all of the responsibility here falls on you in this situation. Disagree with the call all you want. Saying we should have some leniency, fair enough, but they gave you leniency. There's only so much we can do. Um, if, if the shoe were on the other foot, and let's just say that Adam Briggs crossed over the, excuse me, Adam Briggs crosses over the, the shoe zone, and he doesn't get black flagged, and you lose a race to him, you're going to be pissed off at that situation too. So sometimes things happen, and they don't go your way. So it's all about, you know, you want to preach attitude. Uh, again, your attitude matters too and about how things get handled. So, um, and for the record, in my post, I'm not mad about anything. I'm not upset. I don't think Jason Vale is uh, any less of a person. Again, if he wants to, to hold a personal grudge, that's on him. I'm not going to. Um, all the other people that wanted to chirp in, uh, someone was talking about restarts, and I shut that shit down real quick because that had nothing to do with it. Um, but again, everybody else that wanted to chirp in, that that's fine. It's an open forum, but... Um, y'all got the answer you wanted. And, uh, if you didn't like the Facebook post, then you don't have to follow the stuff on Facebook. That's, it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that guys. And, um, if you agree with me on this, great. If you don't, great. Let me know about it. Um, feedback is, feedback is good. So with that said, let's talk about what went down at the Citrus County Speedway. Um, again, we did attend live in person and this was a different kind of night over at Citrus. I, I haven't really seen a night like this, and I'm not bashing in any way. I'm just stating the facts that uh, I was a bit surprised at the counts because normally, like, I don't even worry. Like, going over to Citrus, you, you can pretty much expect things to be good. Now, solid count for lay models. They had 14. Uh, very good main event. Uh, clean and green. No cautions. Uh, good racing. Man, Citrus, they they have the perfect, like, bullring style racing venue if you want chaos and calamity like i said a few weeks ago armadale's got that citrus has like this was just a clean pure super late model fastest guys go to the front type of race and it was good um jared Irvin set fast time i think the invert was seven or eight so he came from deep in the field and challenged for the lead with mike bresnahan finally got by and won the race jared Irvin was the fastest car uh, somebody I haven't even thought about on the power rankings until this week. Um, he has made Citrus his home track, and he prevailed. Uh, Daniel Webster ran well earlier. Uh, Cody Stickler got up in the mix. Mike Bresnahan looked strong for a while, but at the end of the day, Jared Irvin won by 3.157 seconds. So coming through the field after the invert and setting fast time, Jared Irvin really dominated and was the clear best car uh, race was over in 11 minutes and 58 seconds. Man, that is a fast, fast late model race. 50 laps of Citrus County with no yellows. Boy, it's over in a blink of an eye. Uh, so Jared Irvin gets the win there. Mike Bresnahan second. Cody Stickler third. John Guy with a good run. The Auburndale Super Lates uh, showed up pretty well on this night. Daniel Webster, he continues to just have a solid season, man. He was fifth, ran up front earlier. I talked to Daniel for quite a while after after the races, and it was a really good conversation. Um, there's this misconception that I don't like Daniel Webster. Um, maybe we had a, you know, maybe we didn't agree on a certain topic on Facebook one time, but I've never disliked Daniel Webster. Um, I know that, you know, he prefers these, 
these bull rings. It fits his style and what uh, what his family's got for uh, for their race cars, but they do it so well. Um, and I had a really good conversation with Daniel. It was probably probably my favorite part of the night, to be honest with you. I really enjoyed that. Um, and it was talking about a lot of things. We talked some New Smyrna. We talked about, um, you know, uh, the season he's had and just a, a bunch of stuff. It was a good conversation. That's my favorite thing about um, being in, in racing is just having good conversations with people. Uh, Jeff Schofield, sixth. Robert Jonas, seventh. Eighth was Ross Francisco. A.J. Waller was ninth. Randy Anderson, tenth. Brighton Horner, Keith Rogan, who had a beautiful throwback scheme to his goodies Dash Series days. Um, qualified really, really well. That was the best I've, like, the fastest I've seen Keith go in a while. But he struggled in the race. He hit the wall early, and I think that um, did some damage to the race car. And uh, he finished 12th. Keith Zavril was 13th. And Philip Kessler rounding out the field. Um, let me get to the other divisions. Pure stocks were in action. I'm not doing this in any particular order, just kind of however I can navigate through their website here. Only 10 cars. Um, Auburndale had pure stocks. I think they had 14 or 15. We'll go over that in a minute. Um, 10 cars, pretty good race. Sammy Coghill got the win over Cody Struble and Caleb Grossenbacher, who just continues to impress not only on the track, but with his interviews as well. Just very well-spoken. I've earned a lot of respect for Caleb Grossenbacher uh, about the last six months or so since he started racing pure stocks. Uh, Sport Wilson, fourth. Jonathan Wallace, fifth. Greg Dick, Bubba Martone, Happy Florian, James Johnson, and David Kingsbury rounding out the field. Um, so actually only nine of the ten star, uh, cars there made the start. It, it was a fine race. It, it, it was fine. It wasn't a ton of cars, but it wasn't horrible. It's just a standard standard race, and Sammy Coghill gets the win there. Uh, Mod Minis were in action as they were over at Auburndale. Uh, six cars. This one was interesting, though. Uh, Brighton Prevat in the 71, he spun out and hit the barriers on the inside of the, the racetrack, and it kind of knocked the spoiler out of the air. It was almost reminded me of Michael Waltrip at Daytona back in 2010 or whatever it was when his spoiler fell down and he won the race and, um, you know, got to keep the win but was penalized. But, man, you get it was almost like he got that spoiler out of the air, and, it, and I could be wrong about this. I'm just guessing. I'm no physics major here. You guys are a lot smarter than I am with this kind of stuff. But it's almost like getting that spoiler out of the air really helped the car rotate in the corners, and it got better. So he crashed unintentionally, mind you, but the car got better, and Brighton Prefont wins the race over Richie Smith and Fallon Goolsby. Uh, Kyle Stoner was fourth, Mike Curry, and Logan Buttram in the 32. I thought it was Dean, but apparently Logan, I'm assuming uh, one of the younger Buttrams, was in the car. So uh, I could tell that it didn't run like a Dean Buttram car, um, and I'm not picking on Logan. I, I think this is the first time I've heard his name. So I'm imagining first start and don't crucify me there if I'm wrong, but that's your field there for the mod minis. Legends cars were in action. Only six of those. Jesse Martinez got the win over Jackson Denton. Um, Evan Bookmiller, Iden King, Daniel Alvarez, and Kyle Bookmiller. That was your field for the legends cars. Fine race there. Um, we had a... Bandalero, Bandalero featured two cars there. Bryson Carlbert wins over Matthew Laprade. And they had dwarf cars there, which were cool to look at. But six cars, the fastest one broke. And I, I it was in the heat race, I believe. The fastest car broke. I can't remember who it was. But James McGrody won over John Bailey, Mark Torville, Christopher McGordy, and Ron Beveridge. That was your field four. 
the Dwarf Cars and the Ford Outlaws. Always a good time. Anytime the Ford Outlaws are on the schedule, man, they, you just get excited. Great field. We had 25 of them, two disqualifications. Keith Saverell and Roger Sargent were DQ'd. I can't even remember why. Um, to be honest with you, I just enjoy the race. There's not even much that I remember about this race. It just kind of happened. Um, Thomas Pete got the win. Clint Hicks second. John Wallace third. Sean Senekosoff and Sean Osteen, your top five. They were followed by Chris Rummel, Clayton Coe, Daniel Wilson, Ty Ottinger, and George Gorham third, rounding out your top ten. Again, 25 cars in the field. And this division, probably, it's like the Bomber A's at, at New Smyrna, the best support division they have. And, it, you know, the pure stocks are great, but they fluctuate over there at Citrus like they do at New Smyrna. Uh, with the super stocks, the, man, the Bomber A's, you can always count on them. At New Smyrna, the Ford Outlaws, you can count on them at Citrus. Um, glad to, like I said, glad to be there. Really enjoyed the night. It was very efficient. They ran a great program. It helps when there's not a lot of wrecks and not a lot of cleanup to do. Um, but it, it, it was a great night. I think we we're done by 1030. And we went and hung out in the pits for a little while. Still got home in a decent hour. Even with that long drive home to uh, Central Florida to, you know, the Castleberry area. Um, my, my, my summary for the night, and this is no way a knock, but every track seems like once a year has a night where you're just like, well, that happened. That, that's what I take away from it. And this was that night for Citrus County. Like, it was a fine night. Well run. I mean, they got everything in. Got everybody out of there. Nobody can be disappointed. A fair price point. And just a, it was just a night, man. It was just a night in the history of Citrus County Speedway that Jared Irvin will remember and all the winners will remember, but probably not one that many people are going to put on their instant classic highlight reels. And not every night has to be that way for it to be a good night or or for a track to succeed. Um, but that's just my commentary on, on the event. And just like I said, very thankful um, that we know some good people there at Citrus County to uh, to hook us up when, when we show up. And uh, the fact that we didn't ask, it was just, hey, you guys are coming. Your names are at the gate. That's awesome. We really, really appreciate that. Um, not only Margo and I and the kids, but the, the podcast here. Uh, having content, like going somewhere live and witnessing it, even if, you know, the takeaway is, well, hey, that happened. Um, it's still great to be there. You get, you Speedway video is, is wonderful, and I'm so glad that the last couple of weeks been able to watch Auburndale, but be nothing beats being there and taking it all in. Uh, so with that being said, let me hop on over to Auburndale before we take our first commercial break and hear from our great sponsors, and go over the night there. And again, I did watch this back on Speedway Video while I was working, so I, you know, there's a few things here and there that I, did, you know, probably didn't catch, but again, I wasn't there. Can't be two places at once. Um, but I want to bring you a little bit of coverage on it. Uh, they ran Mod Minis, good turnout. Uh, Ten of them showed up, nine of them started the feature. Jason Lester won a wild heat race, uh, definitely might be the wildest race of the day. Kenny Yule and Nick Cummings were DQ'd from the heat for contact after the checkered flag. So go back and watch that heat race video from Speedway Video. Um, and then Jason Lester, first time, excuse me, first time at the track in a while in the 45 machine, did get the win over Nick Cummings, um, who's been near the near the bottom of our power rankings. So uh, cracking the top 12 lately, finally was beat. Jason Lester beat him. They had some some jawing in victory lane. Lester had a few things to say, including does this microphone work? 
And I thought by the end of the night, Steve was ready to just quit doing interviews. Because um, I know how frustrating that that technical stuff is when it doesn't want to get a good signal. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, Jason Lester, the winner of the Mod Minis, Nick coming second. Kenny Yule in third, fourth was Tim Rushing. Bobby Rowland, fifth. Curtis Harrington, Terry Blake, John Zimmerman, and Ronnie Abney, your field. Pure Stocks. So they had 16 show up. Two did not start. Uh, heat race winners were Austin Taylor in the 29X and Brandon Duchere in the 23. And this race was pretty good, pretty good. Um, however, it fell victim to uh, what flag comes before the checkers. Well, the white flag didn't come out, and then the checkers came out a lap early from what I was told. So, um, And if you watch on Speedway Video, you'll, you'll hear the finish is discombobulated. And that was why uh, but Brandon Duchere to get the win here. Bobby Mobley second. And those two, you know, they uh, they agreed to disagree on some things. Uh, Bobby Kelly was third. Brandon Love fourth, who I think has got the nicest looking pier stock in the state. Um, the old Ross, Ross Francisco 39, by the way. Austin Taylor fifth. Ronnie Roop with a good run in sixth. Carl Thompson, Josh Cole, uh, Bobby Klinke, and Eugene Connell, the top ten. And a good field of cars. Um, down now to the sportsman who ran a 50-lap race. And to be honest with you, man, I, I watched this race. And again, this it just it kind of happened. Uh, 17 cars showed up. Gail Haynes and Wayne Morris in a number 50, another number 56, did not start. But that's a good turnout. Um, we're, we're talking a week before the next SRL race over at Citrus County. And Auburndale pulls a good field for a regular 50-lapper. I mean, this was a, a good field of cars with, with the names that are in here. Um, race was was fine, but the win went to Adam Briggs, started second, and really dominated the event. Um, Adam Briggs got the win. Kevin Macy second. Sean Harper with a great run. I think that's the best the double zero has done in a while. Um, he captured the final spot on the podium. Brandon Morris started 17th. How about this for a hard charger? 17th to 4th at Auburndale and not a mark on the car. That's impressive. That is why Brandon Morris is near the top of our power rankings each week. Uh, Jeff uh, Gilbo in the 29 was fifth, so a good run for old Gilbo there. Zach Briggs in the one, uh, 114, the team car. So Zach's in a sportsman now. He was sixth. Brandon Strevel, seventh. Joe Hamilton, eighth. Aaron Anderson, ninth. Rounding out the top 10, Matt McCrary. Some notables here. James Seawright finished last on the track. Jason Bartram, who had a Speedway video in-car, finished in 12th. Uh, by the way, Brandon Strebles was the fast qualifier. So that's a good run for him. Brandon Morris, let me see here. Brandon Morris, Brandon Morris. I don't see... No, Brandon did not qualify. Uh, I see Wayne Morris qualified 8th and then had a DNS. So I'm wondering if maybe um, Brandon had to hop in the other 56. I'm just speculating, just kind of going off what I see here. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I don't see Brandon's name on the, that, that explains why he started 17th on the field. So that's pretty cool. Good, good run for, for Brandon. Always fun to watch over there. Uh, won the most recent SRL race and I'm sure we'll see him at Citrus this weekend. Amods, decent field. 10 of them showed up, nine started and New Smyrna Speedway's Jeffrey White took the win over Roger Blevins, Ronnie Abney, Bray Ganey, Tom Zimmerman, your top five, uh, Dylan Martin. Cody Durham, Jimmy Pope, and Bruce Packer rounding out the field. So a solid turnout for the A-Mods. I was wondering if this class would have turmoil going to the race tires, but I think it's really been a good thing. So, And good to see Jeffrey White popping on over there and uh, showing those guys how to get it, how to get around the ball rings and the super speedways. 
Uh, heat race winner there was Jimmy Pope. So, yeah, Jeffrey White, he's, he had to start last in the heat, finished fifth, and then won the feature. He doesn't do well in the heats, but does well in the features. Scramblers, my goodness, this was a wild one. Uh, 19 cars in the pits, 18 started, and poor Charles Friddle, man. Uh, he posted on his Facebook, he went to the monster truck thing at New Smyrna, towed out to Auburndale, missed the heat race, so started at the back, first lap going into turn number three, and uh, Speedway Video got this with the GoPro, didn't have the main camera focused on it, but it just looks like um, Charles went down into the corner, got hooked up with another car, I couldn't really even tell who it was, and both of them ended up head-on to the wall, and Charles was banged up to begin with from a wreck over at New Smyrna, and then went head-on to the wall, so there were some, some anxious moments, uh, I'm glad to see Charles was able to hop out of the car, Sad to see the old silver cobalt um, may have seen its last day. Uh, appreciate, I really appreciate Charles Frittle's um, enthusiasm to racing. Um, you know, he goes to New Smyrna. He goes to Auburndale. He might have gone other places, Showtime maybe. Um, he just likes to race, man. And he has bad shit happen to him all the time. And he's just like, well, such is my luck. So... I don't know. Shout out to him. Sad to see that for sure. I'm sure we we're going to see him at Smyrna for the opener. Probably not now, but you never know. Maybe he'll get something else and, and get something a little better. But um, this this race featured a wild moment. I can't remember who it was. Don't know who it was. Uh, but one guy went after another guy, stomped on the gas, tried to hit him. Guy drives by, and then the guy, it's almost like he let his foot off the clutch and just went head on into the wall under caution. So, uh, that was definitely another one of those moments that happened in the history at X Speedway, and it's just it's immobilized now on uh, on Speedway video for forever. But the scrambler win went to Mike Engel. Actually, had a Speedway video in car camera and got his first win. So that was really cool to see. He was able to hold off Roy Healy. Lap traffic played a factor on the last lap, definitely uh, causing Roy to not have a shot to get Mike on the the final lap. Kelly Hahn was third. Fourth was Jay Roberts. Bill Witherington, fifth. Tony Davidson, sixth. Zach D, seventh. Eighth was Ryan Haynes. Wayne Donovan, ninth. And Jared Sheffield, your top 10. TJ Cruz blew another motor. That's two in like a month for him. So that's that's tough for a really fast car. Uh, Scrambler heat races did, well, the first one did go to the aforementioned TJ Cruz. Second heat went to Roy Healy. Crown Vicks. Their feature was just an absolute uh, crazy fest. Um, We had four disqualifications. Jalen Borges, Bobby Mobley in the 10, Mike Pitts, and Trey Pitts were all DQ'd. Bobby Mobley and Trey Pitts went at it on track. And I mean went at it. You've you've just got to go watch this on Speedway Video. It is just cuckoo bananas. Um, And then Trey, or I'm sorry, Mike Pitts, who was leading the race, he was DQ'd because in the back pit area, his crew went over and became involved in the altercation between Mobley and Trey Pitts, and he was leading the race and was taken off the track at the time. And from what I was, well, I'm I'm not going to say anything because it hasn't been publicized yet. But there are some probably some people that won't be allowed back, from what I understand. Um, a couple of wild wrecks. Chance Saucerman hit the outside wall a ton coming off the corner uh, off turn four and just KO'd that. He had one of the best-looking Crown Vicks, and it's totaled. Um, just a crazy way to end the night here. But Dodge Carlbert, um, in another pretty good finish, he was able to hold off Jimmy McLeod. Two, again, two of the other really good-looking Crown Vicks. Went one and two. Dodge Carlbert gets the win. Jimmy McLeod second. Third to Jimmy Frazier. 
Kyle Rice was fourth, fifth for Shane Bennett, James Bristol, sixth, seventh was Kyle Case, followed by Zach Briggs, Ricky Bullard, and Casey Lewis. Your top 10 survivors, the heat races went to Mike Pitts and Jimmy Frazier. And then the last thing to talk about here is the debut or the re-debut, I guess, for the Prolate Model Division over at the Auburndale Speedway. A modest five cars. You got to start somewhere. And, um, you know, we get this stuff all the time when we when a new division starts. Oh, well, you only had X amount of cars. But, again, to get five and, and have a pretty good race up near the front, this race fell victim of um, the white flag not being displayed properly in a race perhaps ending earlier than it should have with a really good battle between Steve Doerr and TJ DeCare. But the race was official with Steve Doerr getting the win, TJ DeCare second, Jeffrey White rounding out the podium, Wayne Smith and Cody Brinson, your other two cars involved. So uh, my hot take on the Prolates, being at Auburndale, I was worried that this might kill their Superlate model division. But from what I see, I think TJ DeCare's got two different cars, so I wouldn't worry about him. Jeffrey White will probably focus on the Prolates, which he had ran the Superlates, but just hasn't quite figured out that late model car yet. But they'll get there. Um, and then Wayne Smith and Cody Brinson, I'd never seen those cars before. And Steve Doerr, I mean, Steve Doerr is going to do what Steve Doerr wants to do. He can run Supers, he can run Pros, he can run whatever. Um, so I don't think that this is really going to hinder their late model class, which should probably get 14 to 18 to 20 some odd cars a week. So I think that they're going to be fine. I, I hope the prolates end up being viable for them. Um, I, I think it's a good thing to have the prolates there, but I kind of liked when they just ran a late model class and the prolates could compete with the supers, get a weight break. And some, if they were good enough drivers like Bray Holmes could get up there and do something. But you know, now we've got uh, I got a little separation, but I, I don't think it's a killer. So that's where I'm at there. Um, yeah, look, it was a it was a good night. It was a fun watch back on Speedway Video. Uh, his coverage continues to improve, and uh, really liked being able to go to one track, watch it live, give you my thoughts, watch Speedway Video, give you my my somewhat thoughts. I didn't like I said I didn't have just eyes trained on this. I, I watched in the background while I worked, so forgive me that I forgot some things and. Maybe it wasn't the most intuitive recap, but you can go back and watch it yourself and make your own opinions. And we're just thankful to have such a great, uh, such great access to videos that Speedway Video provides and for free. You know, you can support him like like our sponsors support us here. Um, but yeah, man, Tom just, he goes out of these tracks when he can. His home track is New Smyrna. He'll be at every New Smyrna event, but he's networking. And he, when we have an off weekend, he's... Uh, he'll, he'll probably be somewhere if if it's not a pay-per-view event with exclusive broadcast rights. So, and rumor has it, Tom might be, you know, branching out a little bit more and might even be behind the camera for one of the big conglomerates to to help out. So it's pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool stuff what Tom's been able to do uh, since he's really put his foot down into what he does. His footage has improved, his... Um, his style, uh, his editing style is top notch. And that is why I, I recommended him for the job to begin with. Cause I know he, he knows how he knows how to frame up a shot. He knows how to edit. He knows, and it's only gotten better. So Tom, appreciate you, man. Appreciate the great, great coverage and footage. 
um, so that I would have some more content to talk about on the show here. And again, go back and watch the races on Speedway Video. They are always good, and uh, they'll give you, uh, will fill in any of the blanks that I, I forgot there with the recap. So with that said, appreciate it. I know it's a long first segment, two kind of recaps and, and some some stuff that went down to get out of the way. But I hope you guys, appre- uh, not appreciated it. Uh, if you listen to this, you, you do. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. We're going to take a quick commercial break and thank all of our great sponsors here at the Racing with Ryan podcast. On the second part of the show, we're going to talk NASCAR at the Auto Club Speedway and my thoughts on the future over there in California. Hey, everybody. I want to take a quick moment here and thank some of our great sponsors with the Racing with Ryan podcast, including one of our first, American Auto. They are located at 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna Beach. You can get a hold of them at 386-428-1941 for tires and service. They've got you covered 100% of the time for fast, dependable service. You can always count on American Auto. We also thank 124 Welding and Fabrication with Ron D'Alessandro and his company for coming on board and supporting the show here. Uh, Make sure you check out their Etsy store. Uh, Go to Etsy.com and search 124 Welding and Fab. That'll come right up. You can see some of the great items that Ron has for sale. And of course, you can reach out to them if you want uh, some custom work done. They do all kinds of stuff, welding and fabrication, obviously, but uh, great decorations and metalworking available for sale as well at 124 Welding and Fabrication. Check out the Etsy store. We also thank our good friends at Schultz Engineered Products and Schultz Racing Fuel Cells, one of our major sponsors here on the show. Um, They do... I mean, just high quality work. If you want the best in safety, you get the best with Schultz. Um, They have been hiring if you're looking for a good place to work. I know a number of people now working over there. Um, Get with with Rob at uh, 732-922-4334 and uh, see what they're looking for. See what's available. If you like a great work environment and uh, get to work with some really cool things. If you like racing, and um, you like hands-on work, this is definitely the place for you. And of course, make sure you get your Schultz Racing Fuel Cells. That way, in the case of an emergency, you know you're protected by the best. But check them out on the web, Schultz Racing Fuel Cells and Schultz Products. Also, we welcome our good friends at DeBerry Paint and Body for coming on board, one of our new major sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Once you get your service done at American Auto, you know, if you're involved in an incident, you need some body work done, make sure you take it to DeBerry Paint and Body. That's the only place I trust with my vehicle, so make sure you take them there. You can call them at 386-320-0267. They are located at 400 Chairman Court, Suite 200 in DeBerry, Florida, 32713. And they are open uh, Monday through Friday, 9 to 6, and Saturdays before race day, from 10 to 1. So make sure you get with them if you need any body work. Hey, if your car's looking a little dull in the Florida sun, they got you covered as well. That is DeBerry Paint and Body. We thank them for coming on board. And we welcome a brand new sponsor for tax season here at the Racing with Ryan podcast. Got to make sure you get those taxes done. And you want to make sure it's done by somebody who's going to do you right. We welcome SRQ Taxes. That is, of course, our good friend Steve Darling. Uh, They are a family-owned tax practice with offices located in Sarasota, Florida, but they can assist with taxes anywhere via their secure portal. 
Uh, you can give them a call at 941-840-1099, 941-840-1099. Or for more information, you can visit srqtaxes.com. And again, if uh, somebody's going to be handling my money, I want to make sure it's it's somebody that I know and trust, and I know that Steve will take good care of you. So SRQ Taxes, thank you for coming on board and uh, being the official tax partner of the Racing with Ryan podcast. And hey, with all these sponsorships, yeah, we're going to need some taxes too. And we'd also like to welcome brand new sponsor to the podcast, Jacked Racing. Make sure you check them out on YouTube and all other social medias. Of course, that is Jack Hall, the driver of the Double Zero Pro Truck that we'll see in action during the World Series and the regular season at the New Smyrna Speedway and some other tracks as well. Make sure you follow Jacked Racing on YouTube for all of their updates and great content. Follow their TikTok as well if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, we thank them for taking advantage of our special World Series offer here. Um, they clicked on the uh, on the PayPal link, and they are now a sponsor for the World Series episodes. If you'd like to get on board, make sure you check out the Racing with Ryan Facebook page and click on that link, and you too can become a sponsor, just $5 an episode. But make sure you check out Jacked Racing on YouTube, and make sure you check them out at your nearest short track as well. Uh, we also thank our good buddy Andy Morrison with Never Give Up Racing, a huge supporter of Florida Short Track Racing. He has some great picture frames that are available. Uh, he gave some of those out during the banquet back a couple of weeks ago, and he sent me some information on the Never Give Up Racing light-up picture frames. If you would like to get one, you can call Andy or text Andy at 407-675-1769. They are $35 a piece. They'll make a great addition to any man cave or even living room. So make sure you check those out. I know he's got hats and t-shirts available all the time as well, and he will be doing a lot to support, uh, especially Bomber A and B Racing at New Smyrna, but Short Track Racing as a whole, this coming season. Again, if you'd like to come on board, there's always opportunity, just $5 an episode. You name what you want to do and we'll get it on the show. And we appreciate everybody for their support, past or present. And now we'll let you get back to the show. All right, welcome back. Let's go ahead and jump into the NASCAR race at the Auto Club Speedway. Uh, what is for sure now the final event on the two mile configuration which I will admit that up until about 2013, 2014 was one of my least favorite tracks on the schedule. It has aged and become much better. Um, is it my favorite track? No, it's not. Um, do I feel the same sadness that a lot of people do with its going away? No, I, I don't. Um, but I hope that we are able to return to this track with, with whatever configuration it, it it comes back to uh which i'm going to talk about after the race um i feel like it does have a place and we we need to go there so let's get into sunday's cup series race the what the hell they call it the uh pala casino 400 so last year if you've been listening to the show for a long time this was my highest rated race with a score of nine it was a great one. It had like 35 lead changes, a bunch of random spins, some some wild wrecks, and a thrilling finish between Larson and um, uh, Daniel Suarez. 
But this year's race, it was good. It was good, but man, it just didn't have the same impact. And I think we're gonna we're gonna have a come down season because last year with the new car and all the unknowns, we had a lot of crazy things happen. A lot of different winners. I I think now that we've had time to work on this car, the races are gonna be a little bit less chaotic, a little bit less random, and we're not gonna see as many winners. And I really really think that one driver in particular is gonna dominate the season. And I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Um, but again, this race was good. It wasn't bad. I wasn't bored with it. It just didn't have the same impact as the race a year ago. Um, things started out with a competition yellow because uh, they had a bunch of rain, checked tire wears. The first incident of the day happened on lap 43 when Corey LaJoy spun out Brad Keselowski. Uh, and then we saw Ross Chastain win the first stage. And Ross had a really good car. And he did here last year too. So it really wasn't a surprise, but it kind of proved that track house racing, um, is still on their game. Like they haven't lost a step from last year. Uh, we had the 16 car, AJ Allmendinger crashed in the back straight away. Fox's call on this wreck was very underwhelming. Uh, Corey LaJoy went for a spin down the front straight away at lap 82. And then on the restart on lap 88, the biggest crash ever, as far as uh, number of cars involved at the Speedway here in Fontana. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I thought they said 10 on the broadcast. Racing reference lists, lists nine cars. Uh, but a big stack up on the restart. Uh, Christopher Bell got punted from behind. Ryan Blaney got damaged. And then Eric Almarola came across the track, took out his teammate. Um, Tyler Reddick was involved, a, a driver who... Shoulda, coulda, woulda won this race last year in the eight car before he had a tire go down. So Reddick's had a horrible start to his uh, season at 23XI. Uh, Cody Ware, Ty Dillon, and a couple of others involved in this one as well. Just definitely a wild one. Like, I remember coming to the restart. I uh, was getting off of Twitter. And then um, I look, I see the 77 in the grass. And I was like, oh, whoa. And then... Uh, Margo starts, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm whoa, whoa, whoa-ing and cars are going all over the place. And, uh, it was a wild one. And then from this point forward, it was kind of like a, a super speed rate race when they wreck early. It really calmed down from here. Um, next caution was for the end of stage two, which was won by Ross Chastain. So Chastain has won three of the four stages so far this year. That's worth three playoff points. Um, and then the only other caution was when, when Ty Dillon, shut down and then the final 55 laps went green and you know honestly the the first two stages were very good and then we had the big wreck and then i think the end of the race just kind of kind of happened it 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 there's a lot of action early and not so much at the end and i think that that's what is going to kill the score on this race um a couple of cars are really good all day ross chastain joey logano was pretty good but the uh the one guy that I kept watching kind of out of the corner of my eye was the eight car of Kyle Busch. Uh, he had a speeding penalty early and he battled back from that. And he he would like have somebody take the nose off of his car. He'd fall back a couple of spots. And like two laps later, he'd be back up there fighting for third. He didn't lead a lot of this race. He only led 27 laps. Ross Chastain led 91. And the next highest that I see was Joey Logano. Um, Daniel Suarez was also good in this race, but he had a few penalties and just kept tripping over himself and couldn't ever get the track position to match the speed. Um, really the, the turning point of this race was the final pit stops of stage three that occurred. Let's see. 
Let me look at this. They occurred with about 20 laps to go, 20, 25 laps to go, something like that. And Ross Chastain was leading. Kyle Busch just got by him, and the two literally raced on a pit road side-by-side for the money stop. Uh, Kyle Busch got off pit road first and literally never looked back, and it, and it wasn't even close. So the finish of this one, again, there was no late race caution to bunch the field up and have a restart, which is always some of the most exciting racing. Um in Kyle Busch, they, they just nailed it, man. They had a fast car. They battled back consistently. We've seen Kyle Busch since the clash be able to pass cars and be fast. Um, Could have won the clash, got spun out. Could have won the Daytona 500, got passed late, and then had a bunch of things go against him in this race and didn't dominate. But when it was time to go, they got up there and went. And Kyle Busch picks up the win, and that's two points races into the season for his new team at RCR, where a lot of people had questions, including myself, and he's already got a win. And I said it a couple weeks ago. I think he's going to win four or five times. Hell, it might be seven or eight times at the pace we're going now. Now, we're two races in. There's a lot of racing left. But, man, I think Kyle Busch is dangerous. I think Richard Childress hit the jackpot on this and definitely got the best end of the deal. I think Ty Gibbs will be around a 15-place car this year. I think Tyler Reddick will show flashes, but, man, I just don't see things that I like all that much about 23XI right now. When Reddick made the move last July that, that you know, he was going to go to 23XI in two years, I was like, oh, damn, that that's shocking. But, man, I think he's making the right move. And then he starts winning races, and now you got Kyle Busch winning races in the eight. So I think Kyle Busch made the right move. I think Richard Childress, while he stuck his neck out there to get him, he won, and they're going to win a lot of races. And Richard Childress is going to just benefit. They are relevant again. And I think it's going to help Austin Dillon too, man. I mean, he finished, he's been quiet this year. He was right up there working with Kyle in the 500, got spun out late, involved in a crash. Uh, But he finished ninth in this race, I believe. Yes, ninth place. Started 28th. Um, Just a quiet day. But uh, let a couple laps and, and finish ninth. So RCR is off to a good start, man. I think they're rejuvenated. It, it, well, I'm not a Kyle Busch fan. It's, it's fun to watch that team have some life. And I wasn't, you know, I, I kind of knew with, unless a caution came out with 10, 15 to go, they weren't going to catch Kyle Busch. The uh, folks on TV kept trying to make it uh, seem like there was more going on than there was. Uh, you know, they got to they gotta keep people hooked i get it but man they weren't catching that eight car um he he had them covered and uh, i think it's bad news for the rest of the field if he's gonna be this good this early uh the field is in trouble so let me go ahead and score this thing for you if i can if i can find it here give me just a moment do to do to do where's the picture so many pictures on my phone um all right So like I said, last year, this race scored the highest of any race. So you could say it was one of my favorites. This year, I give the racing a 7 out of 10, which is, it's fine. It was, the racing was, it was fine. Seven's a good number. Excitement, I gave it a 5. There was, you know, the big wreck. There was some good racing. Restarts were fun. It, like, like I alluded to, it tapered off at the end. So I give it a 5. The finish, I give it a 2. It just, there, there was no, after that pit stop, that was it. Kyle Busch got off first and, that was it. That was the race. Like he won the race with 20 laps to go. So I give it, uh, I give the finish a two. They're just the only thing that kept me like, maybe, maybe was maybe a caution come out. Somebody blow a tire. It didn't happen. And he just, 
they just ran the race out. So the finish gets a two, which is going to hurt the score here this race. Lead changes, 28. Uh, I think they had 34, 35 in this one a year ago. And that's when this car was brand new on a track like this. Um, so a lot more variables uh, in the race last year. But 28 is still very good for a intermediate-style track, and it scores a 10. Enjoyment, a 5. I give it a 5 overall. Uh, didn't love the race, didn't hate the race. So it scores a 5. Kyle Busch winning took it down from probably a 6. So that, that excitement at the end just wasn't there for me. Um, so overall, the race scores a 5. Man, it's sad, but it's a 5.8. That's what the average comes out to be. And I forgot to take a picture of the season average, but Daytona was an 8.6, California 5.8. I can, I can throw that in the calculator real quick and tell you what the average is. 8.6 plus 5.8 divided by 2. That gives us a 7.2 overall, so a solid C on the season so far. Uh, both of these races, I enjoyed... Now, the Daytona 500 this year was better than the one last year, but the California race wasn't as good as the one last year, but we're still on good pace, man. I, I'm still, still back invested in, in this NASCAR stuff. And I'm excited to see what the season holds. Two races, two different winners. The rejuvenation of Kyle Busch is a real thing. And I think everybody should be quite scared. All the other teams are put on blast here at this point. So auto club speedways, final event on the two mile surface. A lot of people are like, well, maybe if the race is good, They'll change their mind and not convert it to a short track. Well, they sold a bunch of the land um, for like $500 million. So you can't turn that down. Um, you know, the plan before the pandemic was that this track was going to get converted into a half-mile high-banked Martinsville-Bristol hybrid. <clears throat> and now the rumor is, what's going to happen? Like are we coming back here? Is is this plan actually going to happen? There's no real timetable, except that we know there will not be a race at the Auto Club uh, Fontana, California location next year. So a lot of people are speculating the Clash might be a points race next year, which would just be a farce. Uh, keep the Clash as an expedition if you want, but that, that, that has no business being a points race. Go to Irwindale. Just don't go to this area next year, run the clash and that's your California. And then we got Sonoma. Um, just find if North, North Wilkesboro goes well, go there next year instead. I don't know, but don't, we don't need to force another road course, street course, any of that crap. We got enough of that. So I, I hope that the plans to convert it into a short track happen. When this was announced years ago, I was all for it. Uh, obviously, we saw the short track performance with this car not be as good as we had hoped last year, but they have made rules changes, so it's it's still out to see what's going to actually happen this year with short tracks and road courses. So again, a lot of people saw the great race at, at the two-mile track last year, the decent race this year, and they're like, no, we can't convert it to a short track because now the intermediate racing is the best and the short tracks aren't as good. But the land sold, it's either short track or bust at this point. And I hope they do build the short track. I hope it's a half mile or, you know, a sixth mile. We don't need a, another Richmond-sized track. Should be, it should be a half mile. Just make it a half mile. I hope it's got long straightaways, tight corners, and I, I, high bankings. I literally hope it is Martinsville-shaped with Bristol banks and no progressive banking. Make it a, make it a bottom feeder. Make it treacherous make it exciting. 
um, you know, make it really fast and then funnel down into tight high bank curves and those cars are just whipping around there. That would be fun, man. Make it like a, make it like a Canyon, you know, the auto club Canyon, um, make it small, make it tight, but make it fast and exciting. So I think it can work out. And I hope that's what happens. Um, again, there's no real timetable. Like the plans keep changing and that has a lot of people worried. Like, is this our last race in this area? Blah, 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 blah. We'll have to wait and see. But my hopes are they build the short track and they make it very unique. And I love high banking. That's uh, part of why I love New Smyrna Speedway so much. I love the banks. So I hope they do something like that. I, w- I would love to see like flat straightaways. Like we don't we don't need the the banking to 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 kick you down the racetrack a little bit for runoff. You know, five six degrees something like that. Flat straightaways and banked, banked curves. And none of this, like, oh, we're going to say it's 36 degrees, but it's really 25. Make it like 30 degrees. Just go all in, go balls to the wall, make this place something else. That's what I would do. Um, but again, I hope we go back to this location someday when it, uh, when it gets rebuilt. And I hope those plans come to fruition. And um, yes, I will miss the old, worn out, crazy wide restarts at California, but. There has been so many duds at this track and, uh, you know, hopefully Michigan will age and turn into the next California. So that's my my thoughts on everything over there at Auto Club. Of course, NASCAR going into Las Vegas, triple header weekend. So the trucks are back on Friday. You got Xfinity Saturday and Cup on Sunday. So we'll go over that stuff. Um, Xfinity race was was fine. Typical Xfinity race. I think Sheldon Creed had the save of the year. And John Hunter Nemechek is the last ever winner on the two-mile configuration in California. Um, We're going to take another quick commercial break. We're going to do a quick around the state. There's one other track that we cover here that was in action, so we'll quickly go over that, give you the updated power rankings, give you my Richard Cranium in our fantasy segment to wrap up the show. Hey, everybody. I want to take a quick moment here and thank some of our great sponsors with the Racing with Ryan podcast, including one of our first, American Auto They are located at 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna Beach. You can get a hold of them at 386-428-1941 for tires and service. They've got you covered 100% of the time for fast, dependable service. You can always count on American Auto. We also thank 124 Welding and Fabrication with Ron D'Alessandro and his company for coming on board and supporting the show here. Uh, make sure you check out their Etsy store. Uh, go to Etsy.com and search 124 Welding and Fab. That'll come right up. You can see some of the great items that Ron has for sale. And of course, you can reach out to them if you want uh, some custom work done. They do all kinds of stuff. Welding and fabrication, obviously, but uh, great decorations and metalworking available for sale as well. At 124 Welding and Fabrication, check out the Etsy store. We also thank... Our good friends at Schultz Engineered Products and Schultz Racing Fuel Cells, one of our major sponsors here on the show. Um, They do, I I mean, just high-quality work. If you want the best in safety, you get the best with Schultz. Um, They have been hiring if you're looking for a good place to work. I know a number of people now working over there. Um, Get with with Rob at uh, 732-922-4334. And uh, see what they're looking for. See what's available. If you like a great work environment and uh, get to work with some really cool things. If you like racing and um, you like hands-on work, this is definitely the place for you. And of course, make sure you get your Schultz Racing Fuel Cells. 
That way, in the case of an emergency, you know you're protected by the best. But check them out on the web, Schultz Racing Fuel Cells and Schultz Products. Also, we welcome our good friends at DeBerry Paint and Body for coming on board, one of our new major sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Once you get your service done at American Auto, you know if you're involved in an incident, you need some body work done, make sure you take it to DeBerry Paint and Body. That's the only place I trust with my vehicle, so make sure you take them there. You can call them at 386-320-0267. They are located at 400 Chairman Court, Suite 200 in DeBerry, Florida, 32713. And they are open uh, Monday through Friday, 9 to 6, and Saturdays before race day from 10 to 1. So make sure you get with them if you need any body work. Hey, if your car's looking a little dull in the Florida sun, they got you covered as well. That is DeBerry Paint and Body. We thank them for coming on board. And we welcome a brand new sponsor for tax season here at the Racing with Ryan podcast. Got to make sure you get those taxes done. And you want to make sure it's done by somebody who's going to do you right. We welcome SRQ Taxes. That is, of course, our good friend Steve Darling. Uh, they are a family-owned tax practice with offices located in Sarasota, Florida, but they can assist with taxes anywhere via their secure portal. Uh, you can give them a call at 941-840-1099, 941-840-1099, or for more information, you can visit srqtaxes.com. And again, if uh, somebody's going to be handling my money, I want to make sure it's it's somebody that I know and trust, and I know that Steve will take good care of you. So SRQ Taxes, thank you for coming on board and uh, being the official tax partner of the Racing with Ryan podcast. And hey, with all these sponsorships, yeah, we're going to need some taxes too. And we'd also like to welcome brand new sponsor to the podcast, Jacked Racing. Make sure you check them out on YouTube and all other social medias. Of course, that is Jack Hall, the driver of the Double Zero Pro Truck that we'll see in action during the World Series and the regular season at the New Smyrna Speedway and some other tracks as well. Make sure you follow Jacked Racing on YouTube for all of their updates and great content. Follow their TikTok as well if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, we thank them for taking advantage of our special World Series offer here. Um, they clicked on the uh, on the PayPal link, and they are now a sponsor for the World Series episodes. If you'd like to get on board, make sure you check out the Racing with Ryan Facebook page and click on that link, and you too can become a sponsor, just $5 an episode. But make sure you check out Jacked Racing on YouTube, and make sure you check them out at your nearest short track as well. Uh, we also thank our good buddy Andy Morrison with Never Give Up Racing, a huge supporter of Florida Short Track Racing. He has some great picture frames that are available. Uh, he gave some of those out during the banquet back a couple of weeks ago, and he sent me some information on the Never Give Up Racing light-up picture frames. If you would like to get one, you can call Andy or text Andy at 407-675-1769. They are $35 a piece. They'll make a great addition to any man cave or even living room. So make sure you check those out. I know he's got hats and t-shirts available all the time as well, and he will be doing a lot to support, uh, especially Bomber A and B racing at New Smyrna, but short track racing as a whole this coming season. Again, if you'd like to come on board, there's always opportunity, just $5 an episode. You name what you want to do, and we'll get it on the show. And we appreciate everybody for their support, past or present. And now... 
we'll let you get back to the show. All right, guys, welcome back. A quick segment here to end things. Let's head on over and do our quick around the state, which this segment will will be more in depth as News Murder comes back. Um, but we do want to cover the Dave Steele Championship Night on February 25th over at Showtime Speedway. The only thing I heard about this race was that Robert Yoho running in the, the Dave Steele race flipped, and it was pretty wild. I have not seen video. I haven't seen much about it. And again, didn't watch video, didn't see this one live, so bear with me. I'm just going to read the results, but I want to cover it and give these guys a, a shout-out. Um, Nick Marshall was the winner of the mini-stock feature over Devin Kyle, Greg Valdez, Travis Appling, and Mike Budka. In the Ford Figure 8A, Shane Grigsby was the winner over Chad Cushing. Michael Ottenreath went over to Showtime instead of um, instead of going over to Citrus. Uh, Austin Durham and Mike Widelick were your top five. Their 10 cars started that race. Race cars of yesterday, six of those, and Dave Edwards was the winner. In the non-wing sprints, this was the Dave Steele Memorial Race, Davey Hamilton Jr., um, no surprise the winner there. He's kind of like the dominant guy in the in the, the sprints these days. Um, Cody Swanson, cool to see Cody back in Florida. Uh, he was second. Shane Butler, third. Kyle O'Gara, fourth. And Stephen Hollinger. That's old Bone Man's kid with a top five run. Uh, Colton Bettis, Duteet, Larry Brazil, Brian Riddle. Uh, the finishers, then you had Robert Yoho, J.J. Dutton, and Travis Blymeister, a DNF. So only 12 for the big Steel Memorial. That's kind of what the sprint cars have right now, unfortunately. 12 to 15, that's kind of their, their, their peak right now. And... It seemed like a fine race. Uh, you had some pretty cool names. I mean, Cody Swanson and Shane Butler came back, and uh, Yoho's out there, so you know you got to watch him. Um, yeah, Davey Hamilton, he's kind of the, the dominating car for the sprint cars, and that may show up in the power rankings here in a moment. Uh, Hamilton was the fast qualifier too, by the way, so just a dominant day. But, only, yeah, only 12 of these things for a big memorial race. I just, man, got to get back to the 15 to 20. That would be uh, that'd be cool and, like, 15, 20, like, good cars would be cool. Um, they had a, a, another event on Friday. Quickly go over that. Mini stocks, only two. Greg Valdez was the winner there. Ford Oval A, only 10. Dennis Wilson won that one. Ford, uh, the heat race went to Austin Ramsey. Non-wing sprints, they had some dash races and stuff. Those were the... the they ran, like, heats in next to nothing on Friday. So, um, your heat dash winners... If anyone wants to know, Kyle O'Gara won the first one and Colton Bettis won the second one. So there you go. That's what happened over at Showtime. Um, seemed fine, but definitely, um, definitely what, definitely glad with the choices that we made to go where we did. Um, so with that said, let me give you the updated power rankings. You know, we're not going to dwell on this too much. Uh, if you've gotten to this point of the show, you probably just want to hear the rest of the information. So, let me just go ahead and give it to you. Uh, let's start with the updated Florida power rankings. And this is, man, this is so hard, like comparing different drivers to all the different tracks and trying to keep track of who's racing, when and where. And this is hard. So um, this is what I came up with. In 12th, I've got Bobby Mowgli, the in, with his pure stock performances, always up on the podium over there at Auburndale. Michael Hines slips down to 11th. Uh, hasn't raced since Speed Weeks, uh, but he could go up. He could drop off if he does not have a good race the next time he races. 
Caleb Grossenbacher hanging on to the top 10 after another podium run in his pure stock over at Citrus County. Davey Hamilton, the Dave Steele Memorial winner. He has bumped up into the ninth position. Sprint cars just don't race enough for it to be a consistent thing. And that that is one of the big factors into the power rankings. But got to give him the nod here. Adam Briggs has won two sports and races in a row, won the 50 over at Auburndale, and was declared the winner at New Smyrna in the rain shortened race over there. So he's moved up to eighth just behind Steve Gill, who, again, Steve Gill right here in the middle, has done really well in the SRL races. SRL coming up this weekend at Citrus County. We plan to be there. Um, so we'll see how Steve does. He can move up and he could move down, but I really like what Steve Gill has going on right now. Moving up to sixth, Jared Irvin makes his first appearance on the power rankings with his dominant performance and win in the super late models in their 50 lapper at Citrus County. Dodge Carlbert picks up another win in the crown Vic at Auburndale. So he remains in fifth. Uh, and we have him crown Vic slash mod mini, whatever he hops into, he performs well. Brandon Morris, Fourth, from 17 to 4th at Auburndale in a 50-lap shootout in what I assume was a different car. Uh, didn't even qualify, so he continues to put on a good performance. He'll be in action in the SRL race next weekend as well, I believe. Uh, Sean Bass continues to hang on to third. I just I can't really move him down. He's just, even though he doesn't race much, he's so dominant that he remains in the third spot. Again, I think he's going to win all six six-pack races unless there's a serious mechanical issue with that car. So that will keep him, you know, probably in the power rankings all year unless things just go weird. Uh, Daniel Webster hanging on to the second spot. Uh, had a solid run with the super late model this week. Uh, we'll get back behind the wheel of the Sportsman, I believe, for the SRL race. I haven't seen an entry list for that yet or anything. So I'm assuming here with some of this stuff. But, I mean, leading the points, I'm sure he's going to make a, you know, make an effort to keep that up this year and i have just been impressed with what daniel's done this year so he remains second and first in the florida power rankings is cody stickler another top five performance with the super late model i believe he was third over there at citrus county yes uh, he was third behind bresnahan um and then his performance in the modified is second to none so cody stickler remains top the board in the florida power rankings and we'll probably see as we get you know as we do these around the the state segments more consistency, with more consistency now, we're probably going to see uh, the Florida Power Rankings continue to evolve throughout the year. Now, moving over to the NASCAR Power Rankings, we had a lot of big movers, a lot of shakeup here in this one. This one was a little bit easier for me to do. With seeing the first race on a regular intermediate track, it's a little bit easier for me to place these guys now in some big ups and downs from last week. In 15th now is Christopher Bell. Real high hopes on him going into California and did not perform as I hoped. Ryan Blaney has dropped down to 14th, guys. I mean, good performance at Daytona with a crash car, but got lucky to survive. And then just kind of, where'd he end up at California? Let me check this, because, yeah, he yeah he was involved in that stack up and finished well down the field in 26th. So, again, two mishaps for Blaney to start the year, not what we were expecting. So he's dropped to 14th. Brad Keselowski moves up into 13th. Um, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Had a top five at Daytona and finished seventh at California team is running well. So he is 13th. Daytona 500 winner Ricky Stenhouse is in 12th. A solid 12th place finish on top of his Daytona 500 win. So good start to the season for old Ricky. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. is 11th. Had a tire come off, a two-lap penalty. He's going to lose some crew members. But that team battled back to a very respectable 11th place, and he is 
Wouldn't you know it? Eleventh in the power rankings. I swear I didn't just go in the in the finishing position order. I swear. Um, Chris Busher, got to give him a nod. They have performed very well. Good run at Daytona, and a solid thirteenth here. So I have him tenth in the power rankings. Now he could very well stay in tenth next week, and if he does not perform well, he will drop off. So he's kind of the okay. You're tenth this week because I like what I see. Show me some more. Kyle Larson is now ninth in the rankings. They had an electrical issue early in the race, but still ran. Like, when they got that figured out, they ran pretty good. They just were behind the eight ball, finished 29th, wrecked at Daytona. Definitely not the start that they were looking for. Trying to turn it around at Vegas. In eighth, Alex Bowman. Cannot ignore Alex Bowman right now. An eighth-place finish. So there we go again. Eighth place in California. Top 10 run in Daytona. Almost won a stage. So really, I think a better start to the season than anyone really could have hoped for for Alex Bowman, defending uh, winner of the, um, what do you call this, the spring race at Vegas. So we look for uh, Alex to have another good run. So I think you can't overlook Alex Bowman right now. He's an eighth. Seventh, Daniel Suarez, top 10 in Daytona after a late race spin. Fourth, that's right, fourth in California. And that is after penalties relegated him deep in the field for much of the event. Kept stepping on his own tire tracks there and rallied to finish fourth. So the team has speed. And, man, they ran competitively at Vegas uh, in the fall last year before spinning out. So I look for Daniel Suarez to be pretty good this week. So he's seventh going in to Vegas. Denny Hamlin, sixth. You know, another solid run for Denny. God damn it, he was sixth in California. I swear to God I didn't just pull up the results and put these guys in. I, I looked at points. I thought about who ran decent in the race, and I just – Things just line up sometimes. Jeez. Uh, Hamlin, sixth. It's Denny Hamlin. It's hard to move him any lower, hard to move him up any further right now. We'll see how things go as the season progresses. Chase Elliott with a big move. He is now in fifth. A second-place run. Um, really stepped it up the last uh, few laps of the California race. Started 33rd, worked his way up through the field. And uh, I think the Hendrick cars, I think the Chevrolets are on it right now. I think Chevrolet is the top manufacturer as far as things go for the early part of the season. So Chase Elliott is fifth. Kevin Harvick, he is fourth with a solid fifth-place run in uh, in California last week. An okay Daytona 500 as I knock everything off here. Um, Kevin Harvick, fourth in his farewell tour. Off to a good start. In third, Ross Chastain. Um, Bob Say had mentioned, oh, Ross is too low. And I kept him in the same spot after last week, but got to move him up. Uh, definitely one of the top drivers right now. Very, very fast. Led 91 of 200 laps. Uh, fell behind uh, on the last run, coming off pit road, and just could, didn't have the speed to keep up with Kyle Busch. But a great run for Ross. Um, he almost won Vegas in the fall last year. And should have. And he had good speed in, in the spring. So I think Ross will be strong. I think he could very well win the race next week. Joey Logano is second. Uh, just a great start to the season. Two top tens. Uh, Tenth at Auto Club, led some laps, faded at the end. So didn't have the finish that he necessarily wanted, but Joey Logano, after a great start, you can't overlook him. But the clear number one right now is Kyle Busch. I flirted with him at the top the last couple of weeks. Um, as I told Margo, I'm like, I, I don't want to put him near the top for the Clash because that's just too soon. And then he was the most exciting performer at the Clash. And then it was like, well, I'm not going to put him at the top with the 500 because, well, he didn't win it and he faded in the last lap and got crashed. And then he goes out and wins California. 
He's been consistently one of the fastest cars on all three different races that we've had. And uh, I can't not put him at the top. He's really just come on strong. And like I said earlier in the NASCAR segment, he is dangerous. So there are, <clears throat> excuse me, there are the updated power rankings. Our Richard Cranium of the Week goes to the Pitts family over there at Auburndale. I mean, I'm sorry. I've, 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 they've won. They're, they're starting to stack up the wins in the Richard Cranium. They just, I don't know these people. And I, it probably didn't seem like I'm picking on them. But, man, uh, anytime they're they're racing at Auburndale, there's something going on with these guys. I mean, whether it be Trey or Mike or who the hell else, their crew's getting into it. It's just not a good look. So the Pitts family... And it's, I'm not even going to give it to an individual. I'm giving it to the family. They acted a fool. Hell, they got Mike DQ'd from a race when he had nothing to do with it, but you, are, your crew is an extension of you. So when they act a fool, they get you in trouble too. So the Pitts family wins the Richard Cranium of the week. And then into our final segment here, uh, we'll go quickly over some fantasy stuff. And again, I'm not going to dwell on this segment very long. Some of you could give a, a crap less, and if that's the case... Just go ahead and fast forward to the end of the episode and give this thing a play. Uh, last week, the win in our Racing with Ryan podcast fantasy league went to Cushy Penguin with a 214-point performance, one point better than the Pit Penguin. So Steven's off to a good start uh, with a first and second. Uh, Cushy Penguin, I don't think, made picks for the Daytona 500 and wins uh, week number two. I had a dismal performance in 13th out of 14th with 136 points. So... Not my best week, but congratulations to Cushy Penguin on the overall win last week. And then let me give you the overall standings. Pitt Penguin with a commanding lead right now over Bob's Fords. Ben Say is third. Richie Petty Jr. fourth. And HYR 44. I believe that's our buddy Hunter Young there. Rounding out the top five. I am really behind the eight ball. I am, yes, I am 12th out of 14. And Cushy Penguin, man, he also, he's almost caught me and didn't even make Daytona picks. So uh, that's where things stand right now in our fantasy league. But let me give you my five drivers that you need to have in your fantasy league for the Las Vegas race. Now, and again, I'm going to preface, these picks are not my team. So if you're going to listen to this podcast and then, you know, when I'm actually winning at the end of the season, you're going to try to out-strategize me. These are, now I have to be smart with my picks because you can only use people X amount of times. And whether you're in the NASCAR Fantasy League, your own Fantasy League, or you're placing bets, here are five drivers that I think you need to at least consider for your starting lineup this week. And we'll start, of course, with Kyle Busch. Coming off the win at California, he's been the strongest car all season. So you got to have that eight car somewhere, somewhere in your field. Uh, the second driver I have on the list here is Alex Bowman. Again, strong at California, and he's defending winner at Las Vegas for the spring race. Uh, I think he's rejuvenated himself a little bit here with the start of the season. So I think uh, now is the week you take a chance on Bowman. Uh, I also have Kyle Larson, winner here in 2020. Completely different car, so you could throw that out if you want. But um, almost won this race. He and Alex Bowman battled side-by-side side in the final green-white checker, and he came up uh, with a second-place finish. So uh, recency bias tells me that Kyle Larson is a very solid pick to have in your lineup this week. The other guy I have, Ross Chastain in the one. Again, if you listen to the Auto Club or the Power Rankings results, we talked a lot about Ross. He's been fast. Trackhouse has speed. Ross was close here last year, and I think he's a must-start in your league here this year, uh, this week. And then the fifth driver I have is Joey Logano. Just a great start to the season for Joey. 
Um, I think Penske, uh, particularly the 22 team, has found something. And they are about the only Ford, maybe other than Kevin Harvick, that you can really rely on right now. But I would put Joey Logano in your lineup ahead of Harvick. So I got four Chevys and a Ford on there. Toyota kind of has me worried. I haven't seen a whole lot out of those guys. And I don't have a single one on my list. So take a risk there if you want to go the Toyota route. But uh, I, I think Team Chevy is on it right now. So stacking up five Chevys might be a good strategy. And let me, give, let me give you my wild card, a driver that you may want to consider strategically using this week or at least having in your garage if you want to switch him out. Um, Austin Dillon. I, I think he's been very – he will be overlooked and overshadowed by Kyle Busch this year. That's obvious. Um, in contention at Daytona, should have had a good finish there, didn't, got wrecked. And then a, a quiet ninth-place run at California. So Bush and Austin Dillon, who's never going to get the credit – uh, no matter what, he's always going to be that silver spoon kid and never get any credit. But I think you got to take a, a close look at him and think about, just think about sneaking him into your lineup. You know, hey, this might be the good week to use Austin Dillon because, you know, maybe you want to save Kyle Busch for Bristol or something later on down the road. Or uh, maybe you want to save Kyle Larson if you've used him twice. Or yeah, maybe you don't trust Alex Bowman. Maybe you want to take a chance on Austin Dillon or put him in your garage. So Austin Dillon will be my wild card this week. Those are my fantasy drivers. What a show. What what a, what a fun week it was for auto racing and just so much going on. Um, again, I appreciate the content from Speedway Video so we could talk more about Auburndale. Appreciate Citrus County Speedway for having us over there. Um, it really helps the show for us to, to get to these places and give you guys uh, what you want to hear about. And a pretty good, uh, pretty good way to end the two-mile course over there at Auto Club. Again, not my favorite race I've ever seen, but not a horrible one either. And we'll see what the future holds there in next week. Um, NASCAR is in Las Vegas. We'll talk all about that. Uh, hopefully a lot of exciting things happen because that always makes the segment more fun. We will be planning to go. Anyways, plans change. Hell, we weren't planning to go anywhere last week, and we ended up at Citrus. Uh, but the plan is to go to Citrus County for the SRL Sportsman Race, plus all the other activities out there. Speedway Video, I believe, is over at Opperndale again, I think. So we'll be able to check in on that and around the state, and then we'll get you ready for the season opener at the New Smyrna Speedway. So uh, very excited about that as well. The season opener for New Smyrna, March 11th, Prolate Model 100, Bomber A's, 602 Modifieds, and Emots. So it should be a fun night. Shouldn't uh, shouldn't drag on, that's for sure. So. Um, that's what we have coming up appreciate you guys listening thank you again to all of our sponsors as well appreciate y'all's support thank you guys so very much for listening Um, hope you get out there and enjoy your local short track and we will talk to y'all next week take care goodbye